Hi and welcome back to Perfect Imbalance. New rules for achieving success, happiness and greater fulfilment in our lives. I'm your host Jeff Way and this is episode 19. On this episode I interview Osman Sharif, owner of Rapid Transformation and host of the Get Out Your Way podcast. In his own words, Osman saw the light and quit his corporate job to start his own business back in 2007 to help people get better results by changing the way they think, feel and act. Osman works with people, literally helping them get out of their own way. He finds himself doing this on a daily basis, helping people to challenge some of their thoughts and overcome some of their fears. Since launching his own business in 2007, he's helped hundreds of small to medium-sized business owners transition from corporate world thinking and being an employee to thinking and behaving like an entrepreneur. Passionate and full of energy, he's driven by helping others. Here's Osman. Osman, thank you very much indeed for agreeing to come on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to spend some time with you and to get your thoughts on a few things today. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It is an equally a pleasure to be here with you as well. You're welcome as a fellow podcaster. Exactly. Right, Osman, for the listeners, for those people that haven't uh, stumbled across you or, or indeed your podcast as yet, Describe what it is you do and why people want to work with you. Uh, great question, Jeff. I simply put, I help people to get out their way and to create rapid transformations in how they think, how they feel, and actually what they do or what they don't do at times. Um, and mainly that is business entrepreneurs and small business owners, especially those that have come from a corporate world or a traditional world like myself and you, you Jeff. Because um, I really want to make sure that people are actually doing what they want to do, that they're actually getting the best out of the decisions that they've made and actually keep on achieving and experiencing amazing things. I love that term, getting out of your way. Yeah. Very simply, Osman, what does that mean to the people that haven't perhaps come across that or, or have indeed you've provoked some thought? What, what does getting out of your own way mean? I think simply, if I think about my own experience and working with my clients, we're all very, you know, intellectual people as human beings, most of us, right? <laughs> and um, But we can make life so much harder for ourselves. And often that can come down to what's happening inside our mind. So, you know, when we're trying to make a decision, we can go around in circles or we can use our past as a way to kind of determine, should we do something, should we not? So typically, whenever I'm coaching a client, it's not rocket science, and I say that with love, right? But actually, often they are just getting in their own way. They're putting those obstacles in, their, in, in a place that's making it seem harder to move forward or to create a change. So that's why, you know, I love helping be that facilitator effectively or the coach and the mentor to basically show people actually how can you get out your way because that then means that you can go and take that action that will help create change. And that makes sense. You know, when you put it like that, that makes absolute sense because often, you know, the, the biggest barrier or the biggest hurdle is is ourselves. And, and what you've just said there about some of the things that are holding us back, some of those challenges, some of those fears and, and, and what have you. So 
Okay. Uh, at what point did you decide to focus your work on? Because you, ha you haven't always done this, um, but at what point did you decide to focus on rapid transformation and helping people get out of their own way? So it's been a bit of an evolutionary process. So like many people, when I kind of was younger, I thought, Jeff, that there was only one path. I thought you go to school, you go to university, you get a corporate job and you climb that ladder. And to be honest, there was nothing wrong with that. And I actually really enjoyed a lot of elements of that. But when I started my corporate career, I worked in Marks and Spencers. I worked as a HR manager and then a leadership development manager and looking after a cluster of stores. And then I moved on to working in the banking industry. But really, quite quickly, I'd get to these roles or these promotions that I was striving towards. And then I'd get there and I'd, and I'd think, is this it? Or I'd look at my, my boss or other people that had been there for, for many more years and think, well, is that what I want to do continuously? So I kind of started to have that reality check in terms of you know, when I, once I achieved something, it wasn't as exciting as I had thought it would be. So that got me to start thinking about, well, Osman, what do you want to do if you don't do this? Um, and like you, we came across, uh, that's how we, me and you met through an NLP journey, so neuro-linguistic programming. So when I worked in the banking industry, I then had the fortune to go on an NLP course. And honestly, that changed everything. And I don't, don't say that lightly because that was the first time, Jeff, where I thought I've always been about helping people. I've always loved getting the best out of people in all the roles and jobs I've done. But finally, there was this toolkit, which was kind of like magic to me, where people that were stuck or they had challenges or opportunities that they were effectively getting in their own way using these different coaching tools you could just see things just change instantly at times as well so that kind of sparked me to think about okay why don't i just do this and teach nlp to many people and you know make this my main thing so that's what i did for for a good few years so 11 years ago i quit my job in the corporate world and then I started to run my own NLP training courses up and down the country and even a couple abroad. And then I had another transition point where I thought, okay, now what? I think I delivered something like 50 NLP practitioner courses. So that's like seven weeks of, you know, um, courses at a time and then the master practitioner levels. And I thought, right, what's next for me? And what I realized is that the people that I loved particularly working with Jeff on the courses were those that were small business owners or those that were from the corporate world because I could relate to them in their journey and who wanted to go and go out there and be their own boss. And that's what I thought, you know, that's what I want to focus upon, helping them to start thinking and acting like an entrepreneur instead of an employee and making life as easy as they can on that journey. And it is a very different mindset, employee versus entrepreneur. And, and it can be a challenge and, and certainly a transition for people that, that are making that change. You, you're clearly passionate, Osman, about what you do and, and helping people. And I think that's really important. Um, I'd actually go as far because I do know you personally and, and we have you know met, met a number of times that you love what you do and you enjoy what you do. How important do you think that is for, for people? Um, I think it really depends on what's actually important to people in terms of their values. But for me, it's so vital, Jeff. If I was doing something that I'm not enjoying, then it shows in everything. It shows in my energy. It can show in my results and other people's results as well. And I honestly believe that everybody does have that right to do something that they do love as well. I totally understand from a reality point of view, though, that some people, you know, they've got different values. They've got, you know, security or responsibilities, and that kind of drives their behaviors and their choices as well. So it's not always an easy decision um, to kind of get out there and do something that you love. But honestly, 
once you give yourself permission to do it, I really just wish everybody did that as well. Yeah, that's a really important point because I think you, you, the temptation is is to get carried away, uh, especially when you know you you decide to make that change, like like you and I have, and and many other people. You, you can almost be viewed or seen as being quite quite blasé or about it when when actually then people start to look at you and think, well, it's okay for you because yeah. you know you've got these circumstances, or it's okay for you. Um, I I think you're absolutely right there in terms of if, if people you know want to go and 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 make a change then they absolutely yeah. can do it's it's not to say it's going to be easy because in some cases it won't be um but life does throw up some surprises along the way which you know can can appear to make it easy for for some people rather than others definitely and, and from my experience it's it's not always a, a massive change that needs to happen for people to to experience a difference so you know sometimes when i work with clients all they need is a fine tune. So something might not be working for them. And it could be even in their existing business, something's out of kilter or not in, in sync. But for others, it could be actually they've created something that absolutely is not in the flow for them or they're not enjoying. So yes, we then sometimes have to do an overhaul for them. But I always think that there, there is an element of choice. You know, it could be a small choice, it could be a big choice, but actually how do we take that? That's, a, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now I'm always fascinated, Osman, um, when when I have a guest on the show to to understand not just how you've arrived at the point that you've arrived at, which you started to share, but what are some of the the, the strengths or, or traits or indeed behaviours that have allowed you to develop and and to achieve the success that you have and to be doing what you do. Absolutely. I think that's a big, big part. And again, that's what I kind of focus upon with, with my clients as well, because once we understand um, your strengths, I like to call it your superpower. And especially for those that are entrepreneurials and um, types like us, then it's about if you understand your entrepreneurial superpower, you make life so much easier for yourself. So for me, um, Jeff, have you ever come across the, the personality test called Wealth Dynamics or Talent Dynamics so far? I have indeed. You introduced yeah. me to it. Yeah, I thought I did. So do you remember what your profile was? No, I don't. How bad no, is that? Well, uh, we need to find that out because for me, that was that's been a game changer in terms of my own experience. Okay, so there's eight different types of superpowers and type of strengths, and there's many different personality tests out there. But honestly, this is a system that's been working for me and my clients for for many years now, and it shows how I operate in my business and where I've had the most success. So, out of the eight, I'm what you call a trader profile, and traders are great at kind of very much being grounded. So that's why when I work with my clients, I love to take their big ideas, you know, especially some people might think their head's in the clouds, especially if they're a creator or a star. But what I love that I love doing is helping them to go, right, so what are we going to do with this? How do we turn that into reality? So things like great customer service and truly caring for my clients is one of my key things that, you know, I can be walking down the, the street, Jeff, and I see something that would relate to a conversation that I've had with a client or someone in my community. And before you know it, I'll be like, oh, I need to share that with them. And it doesn't feel like work. It's just like, a, it's just natural. And that's kind of what I absolutely love. Um, and for me, another kind of strength is I love collaborating with other people. I think that there's so much power in working when you bring different superpowers together and really kind of challenging yourself and challenging other people as well. So that's why for me, knowing my, my superpower um, as being a trader from Wealth Dynamics, it then helps me to understand, well, how do I spend most of that time in that type of energy so that I love what I do and it feels as natural as I possibly can as well. 
I love it, and you you have provoked me to um, to go back and have a look and see what my uh, superpower was or is. Am I right in thinking there there is a link on your website um, where people can find out a little bit more about that, Osman? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go over to rapidtransformation.co.uk um, and you'll be able to find um, the navigate there quite easily about you know wealth dynamics and your superpower but honestly for me jeff i actually don't take any clients on now if they don't do the wealth dynamics profile and there's a few reasons for that because first of all it helps me tailor my coaching towards them so you know there's eight profiles i'll give you this might sound like jargon but you could either be a creator a star a supporter a deal maker a trader an accumulator a lord or a mechanic and the way to think about this is each of those different personality types it's like you've got a different game to play and that kind of massively impacts, you know, even your business model, the way that you make decisions, the type of business that might be attractive to you or even in the corporate world as well. So by me knowing that I completely tailor my coaching and what I'm hearing my clients say or what the, what the past that they're going down and seeing how does that fit in with their superpower as well. Um, and it can be a complete game changer when people understand that as well. Excellent. I, I'm uh, even more so now. I'm going to find out what mine is, um, but I will certainly include uh, the link to your website in in the show notes, Osman. So anybody listening um, that is intrigued by that and wants to know a little bit more, um, then they can find that out as well. Thank you. What were you not good at, and when did you realise this? So again, when I look back at some of my kind of even jobs and and your career so far even in the, in the the business world as well so what am i not as good at is some things where it's, it's a blank canvas so again um, again i know i talk a lot about wealth dynamics here but i'm the opposite profile from a creator creators love blank canvases they love new ideas from a freshness point of view so if i've got something that's like a blank canvas and i'm staring at that that could be really hard work for me so typically when I'm having conversations with other people and collaborate where ideas are bouncing in a more organic way, that's where things work really well for me. So I know that when I'm creating something new, especially if it means that I need to get into that creator type of zone, that let's make life easier for me and how do I kind of, you know, get around other people in that way. And also things like data or numbers, you know, like systems, that's very much more like a Lord profile type of superpower. That's not my best skill as well. So I do my best to outsource or to ring fence those type of tasks when uh, when I need to so that they don't leak into every single day and make life not as fun. It sounds like having good self-awareness uh, and for those areas that you're not particularly as good at um, is, is then you know, programming or setting aside the time in a certain way uh, so that you can complete those particular tasks. Who have been the great teachers and encouragers in your life, Osman? Um, encouragers, definitely my my beautiful wife, Shireen. Um, we've been together for, for many, many years and she was one of the catalysts for me where I was thinking about, well, do I go out there and start my own business? And she was just like, Osman, just go and do it. Do you know I mean, you're obviously passionate about what you do. And she is like, a, she's like my business partner, you know, in my business. She's always the person that I'm talking to over dinner or conversations, probably talking too much at times for, for what she'd like. But she's honestly always been my biggest advocate and supporter, as well as my parents. You know, they, they, they love what I do. They were a bit shocked when I did decide to go down this path because um, you might remember, Jeff, I literally got offered a promotion that I wanted in the bank. 
And I remember living in London and I came back home and I told my mom and dad, you know, yeah, I've just been offered this promotion and they were dead proud of me. And then I went on my NLP master practitioner course as a student myself. And then I came back from it and I said, you know, mom and dad, I'm not going to take that promotion. Actually, I'm going to quit my job instead. So they were a bit alarmed. But, you know, over the years, they've definitely seen, you know, why I took that path and um, definitely think they're proud of, of that decision I made as well. Well, I know your wife is a, is a big part in, in what you do. Um, yeah. Not not just supporting, she's very active in, in terms of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and then there's been many teachers as well, Jeff. I mean, there's the countless. And, you know, I, I definitely also credit a lot to my old boss who... Um, is also um, our own business owner now. She's actually going to come up on my podcast um, in the next few weeks. But Jenny Wallage, and the reason why I credit her as being one of my biggest teachers is she was the head of HR for Scotland and Marks and Spencers. And she was the first person that introduced me to the words NLP. And I just remember thinking, what what is NLP? And that's all about, you know, the study of excellence and, you know, how we think, how we feel and how we act and how we can change it. And if it wasn't for Jenny, um, I really don't know if I would have went down that path in terms of, you know, going on those courses and doing what I'm doing right now. So she's got a lot to answer for in a, in a good way. Yeah, it's a good shout out. I mean, brilliant that she's now taken that leap as well and, and, and is, you know, an entrepreneur and running her own business. It always fascinates me when when guests share either their teachers or and the, the encourages in their life because seldom do we arrive there on our own yeah um more often than not there there are people that are usually in the background uh, that perhaps don't want the limelight um but they are you know working tirelessly and in, in terms of support and love and encouragement so yeah it's always always great to hear what what the guests have to say definitely and half the time jeff they don't even know that how instrumental they've been so you know like the my nlp trainers They've massively shaped what I do just now. And also, you know, people like, you know, Roger Hamilton, who's the creator of Wealth Dynamics. You know, I've had the, the fortune to work with him on retreats in Bali, etc. But again, massively shapes what I do. And although people that I listen to in podcasts and read their books, they've been like distant teachers and massive mentors to me as well. And, you know, as far as I know, they don't have a clue that actually the impact that they've had on me and my clients as a result. No, and in all likelihood, they won't. Um, yeah. But but I'm sure they they've started out and come from that that point of just wanting to you know make a difference and, and, and change lives or, or at least have an influence positively over people's lives. Definitely, Osman. What do you see? One thing that you see regularly in your line of work that that frustrates you. Oh, there's there's a there's many, but um, the one that really jumps out, Jeff, for me is people following the wrong advice for them or the wrong strategies for them so again it goes back to you know wealth dynamics um, and you like me like reading books like going to conferences and love learning right but have you ever had the point where you could read you know eight different books about business growth and each of the authors are telling you do this do that and they could all be contradicting each other have you ever had that experience jeff oh yes frequently yeah, totally so it can it can be like a minefield and it can be really confusing for people and if individuals don't have that self-awareness in terms of, well, actually, is that the best piece of advice for me based upon my personality, based upon what my goals are, or based upon my values, it can be like they go from one thing to the other and then they get disappointed because they're not getting that same result as well. So I regularly see people actually going down the wrong tracks because they, they, they truly believe or they hope it's going to get them the result. But if they only knew, for example, you know, what's important to them or what their superpower is, 
then I'm sure they would have chosen not to do that or to adapt it in some way as well. Like for me, you know, I'm sure you know Tony Robbins and many people know him as well. Absolutely love the guy. I call him Uncle Tony. But in my earlier NLP journey, you know, I used to always think, well, to have a successful personal development type of business, you have to have massive big events like a Tony Robbins event. And any time that I would do big events like that, I'd enjoy it to an extent, but I would lose that connection that I'd, I would normally get from really getting to know my students or my clients. And But then I think, what's wrong with me, man? You know, if it's good enough for Tony Robbins, it should be good enough for me. But then I realized, actually, we've got completely different personalities. So it often feel like I was squeezing my, my feet into the wrong pair of shoes. So if I was to follow his business model, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. And um, it wouldn't actually be in flow for me. I, I think that's great advice because um, the temptation even more so now with with social media and, and the fact that people can draw information from from a number of sources at any one point. Um, there's always going to be this this temptation to, you know, take some action straight away. And, and, and if we're not careful, it, what happens is we, we we don't get the right outcome or the right result. And then, you know, we we're in a different place and, and we are questioning things. Um, Definitely. And that's why I'm always I'm always saying to people, be really choosy who your role model, okay? Because we can always, always listen and be influenced by people. But when I go to a conference, I'm listening to the speaker, I'm thinking, right, you know, what kind of personality do they have? And if I hear something that I'll go, that's a great idea, I'm always thinking, well, how would that work for me? Or how would I have to tweak that or tailor it? And even for certain clients. And Jeff, I love it being, you know, I do a lot of group coaching and half the time I say to people, if somebody's asking me a question, I'll say, you know, like Barry, this is what I would do. But then I'd equally say to someone else that's listening to that call, you know, on the, uh, that's live, I'd say, you know, um, you know, um, Tanya, don't you do that? Because actually that wouldn't necessarily work for you. But so often people just take things as being gospel or they, uh, too generalized. And that's why they don't really kind of think about how does that work in their world and their personality. Again, that, that makes sense. And, and when you, you know, give those two comparisons in terms of Uncle Tony, as you refer yep. to him, <laughs> and, and what you do and what you love and enjoy, that there's no way, you know, to, Tony Robbins, and, and he doesn't need to, frankly, but there's no way he's going to turn around to, you know, a number of people in that audience and say, no, that bit's not for you. Actually, that's for you. That's for you. If, if take, you want to take that bit, that that's just for you. Whereas when you're working with with a smaller group of people, and you've got that level of understanding with with each yeah. of them, that's 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 as powerful as Tony Robbins getting ten thousand people up on their feet bouncing around. I would imagine, Osman. Definitely, and you might relate to this because obviously we've been on courses together. Um, I remember years and years ago, I had a, a coach for a while, and she would notice things over the way I would talk about my clients and even when I was delivering NLP courses and she asked me a question she said Osman what do you do during lunch breaks during your courses and I'd say well I'd have lunch and she'd say well who do you have lunch with and I'd say well with the students and she was a star profile and what she said to me was Osman I absolutely wouldn't advise you to do that because you're making yourself too accessible and therefore you know, the students might not necessarily want to, you know, do extra things with you if they can have you over a coffee. Does that make sense to ask questions? And I remember listening to that and thinking, I totally disagree, right? <laughs> because for me, I'm like, that's the part that I absolutely love where I get to know people. And that again shows that, you know, my personality is like a trader. 
I've got that, you know, I end up getting a lot of referrals and, you know, a long time relationship with my clients and they come back year after year or challenge after challenge when they're growing. But that goes to show that actually she's not right, she's not wrong. But if there's someone like a Tony Robbins or her who is a, a star profile, if they made themselves too accessible, okay, then actually the their shine wouldn't actually be as illuminated anymore. Does that make sense? So for them, they, their magic would be kind of um, um, lost if, you know, Tony Robbins was coming and sitting next to you having lunch. Does that make sense? Right? Yeah, so absolutely. that's why it goes back down to the whole knowing what you who you are and knowing your personality to figure out what is right for me. Because I could have easily just went, absolutely, okay, I agree with what you say. I'm going to do that. But that would be detrimental to me and also the way that I work as well. So you need to be choosy in what you hear and see, does it actually work for you as well? Yeah, that's key. You know, find something that works for you rather than looking to mirror or copy um, what other people who are having success are doing. Definitely. What life lesson do you wish you'd been made aware of a little earlier in your career? Um, I think for me, I would love to have, I've all, I always get interested in terms of, I think we, you know, we have lots of learnings from our experiences that get us to where we are, but I often wonder what would have happened if the youngest man was more aware of the possibility of having my own business. So when I was younger, for example, because, you know, I always just thought there was one path going into that corporate world. So that might have completely changed some of my thinking. Like when I was at school, I might have done things like Young Enterprise, which I coach and I mentor, you know, Young Enterprise classes now in Scotland. And even in my university courses, Jeff, you know, every time I was listening or learning anything, I'd always be thinking about that, you know, as a manager or as a leader and not necessarily as a being your own boss. So maybe, you know, having that insight about there's different options that might have, you know, got me to think differently or, or had some different decisions or paths. Yeah, that, that's provoked a thought in my mind to, to, to start to wonder, well, has things ch or have things changed within education? And are those career uh, teachers or, or, or t even just, just teachers of different subjects yeah. having different conversations with pupils that say, well, you know, rather being a teacher um, or... Uh, a dentist or you know um, a lawyer actually with 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 your set of skills and where your talent lies how about running your own business I, I wonder if that's happening Osman I don't, I'd hope that it was, but I don't see it too much. I still see people, especially from high schools, where they're, they're trying to, you know, pigeonhole them into a kind of career. But it's actually quite scary when, if you think about it, and you've got children like me and they're, they're still young, but it does scare me to think about, well, sometimes we're, we're asking people, and we've experienced that, to make decisions really early on where we don't even know ourselves. Um, and that's quite scary because that can shape a lot of people's paths that they go down as well. So, you know, um, the more you can understand yourself and what you like doing, what, what makes you tick, for example, that then allows you to kind of create that path that's best for you, I think. Yeah, I think there's still a similar pressure on on children, on teenagers to, to make, you know, quite quite key decisions at, at quite an early age, in an early age when you know, almost the model is, is still laid out the same as it was for you and I in terms of, yeah. well, you know, if you do geography, uh, then you can go and do this job um, or you know you're going to need maths for this so you, you, you're better off going down this route it's just it, it is scary because I, I, I look at my middle 
my middle child, my son, who's, who's coming up to 10, and I ask him what he wants to do, and he says, Dad, I want to be a YouTuber. I was just uh, going to say the exact same thing. My <laughs> six-and-a-half-year-old says that. And what was your response to that, Jeff? Well, at first, I had I shared the conversation with my mum, and, 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 and I said, look, he wants to be a YouTuber. And her words were, what's a YouTuber? Yep. I said, well, you know... Technology's moved on, and, and then I, I kind of thought about it. I thought, well, yeah, okay, so how would he be a yeah, yeah, I know he watches a lot of videos yeah. and, and this, that, and the other. And I just thought, if he's got that desire right now and, and that you know drive and ambition, then then I'm I'm, I'm going to encourage him and, and see where it goes. So I said to him a couple of weeks ago, I said, so you know, when do you want to get started? And and he was like, oh no, I need to be 18 before I can do yep. any videos. I'm like, well. Well, why don't I find out how we can do some videos and, and we'll create some together? And he was like, oh, okay. And I almost kind of got him to that point now where we, we, we take that step or, or he pulls back and says, oh, I'm not quite ready. Uh, but I think at the same time, it, it, if that's something that he's excited about, and, and clearly he is, you know, my 14-year-old, my she watches a lot of stuff on YouTube and that seems to be the vehicle for, yeah. for, for, for engagement and, and getting information um, then I, I want to see where they want to go with it and, and almost move, well, not almost, but move away from the, well, yeah, but what are you going to do for a real job yeah. to actually exploring it with them and, and seeing what I can do um, to, to support them with that because the likely it is they, they won't necessarily get that support through education. Definitely. And, and I think it's even, you know, if that can be a, a kind of a conduit to help them in a way. So even my six and a half year old, as I said, he said to me he wanted to have a, you know YouTube videos. And first of all, I was actually a bit reluctant. And then I thought, well, do you know something? If this little boy, right, could get in front of a camera and be confident, how would that help him, for example, when he's at school doing solo talks or but, you know, having that presentation um, kind of skills. And I thought, it doesn't matter if he ends up having a YouTube channel or not, but these are complete great skills in terms of that might help him in so many different ways. So he's got his wee channel, what he calls, you know, Kaius Explorer, and honestly it blows my mind in terms of the way he articulates himself and, and some of the conversations that he has in that as well. So I'm looking at harnessing that, but also keeping it in check as well, because I just don't want it to be detrimental in any way. I mean, when you start looking at, well, how many subscribers do you have or all the negative stuff that comes with um, social media at times as well? Well, that is the danger. Um, yeah. Be because, you know, the, that generation, and, and probably we we have been influenced as well, uh, to a point it, it's about acknowledgement and, and external reassurance and where we'd get it from, from friends and family and probably peers, and management in 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 the corporate corporation or organization they're getting it externally from from social media and it can be quite detrimental if you know they wake up in the morning and they don't get enough likes on on a particular post um and, and that can influence and, and shape the rest of the day which, which which is the worrying side of of having this fantastic technology that we all have definitely it really shocked me a, a couple of months ago where i think Caius has been a bit of a brat as children can be at times and you know normally you ask him to do something and they, they say well if you do that then I'm going to do this and he's like daddy if you turn off the, the PlayStation I'm going to go and um, I'm going to give you a thumbs down on your YouTube videos and I was just like seriously wee man <laughs> uh, that's you know that's what you think would be punishment or you know the, the consequences in that way and I thought that's actually really scary I mean <laughs> it is but there's, there's there's truth there isn't there it's... It is. <laughs> oh dear 
Right, okay, brilliant. You've recently launched your own podcast, the Get Out of Your Way podcast. Um, I want to explore it a little bit more with you and, and understand yep. what was your what was your driver for doing so and how is it helping people so far? Um, well, one of the key drivers are I love listening to podcasts, you know, especially when I'm driving or I'm traveling and um, it's had a massive impact for me. And there's a different type of chemistry I want to use the word so when you're listening to someone like I feel like I know a lot of the people that I listen to even though I've just been listening to their voice um, in a way so a lot of people kept saying to me you know are you gonna have a podcast do you have a podcast and I was like yeah I will I will I will and then I thought do you know someone just actually get get it out there in that sense so um, it's called get out your way and the reason for that is because I wanted people to get out their way like we said before but also how can we make sure that people know that they can get out their way using their personality? So it's got a combination of, you know, solo episodes from me, I bring guests in, and it's all about the the fundamentals that I use in terms of all my coaching, Jeff. So I keep things really simple. I'm a grounded type of person. I believe that everybody should have the right design, the right mindset, and the right strategies, and I call it the rapid transformation formula. So throughout the whole podcast, there's times where we touch upon you know, how do you get that right design for your goals or your business, including your values and your, your superpower? How do we deal with those mindset blocks, like those limiting beliefs and those negative experiences that you've had? And then how do you follow the strategies to help you to become more productive or to help you grow your business or to get out your way? So there's so much magic. There's so many episodes still that I've got, you know, on my, my list that of guests and to be um, to, to record in the future. So I'm really excited about it. And the feedback's been great so far. Um, you know, even with new clients that have kind of come on board, they've they've listened to the podcast beforehand and it feels like we've already got a relationship right from that first call as well. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, I've listened to a few of your episodes um, and your passion and your energy come through as well as you making sense in terms of what you're talking about, how you position it, how you keep it nice and simple, you know, which is language that you've used. And, and I think that's really important if people are going to, you know, sign up or, or decide to tune in and, and, and listen to anybody. There's, there's got to be some clarity around the message there. And I think that's one of the things that comes through when I listen to any of your episodes. It's, it's very clear in terms of what you're talking about and what people can take away. Um, what's your plans then for the podcast? Where, where so, would you where do you see it going? Um, I see it as being one of my main vehicles of creating content and sharing like the, in that platform. Um, continuously have different guests. I've got. Um, I was saying to you before we came live on here, recorded that you know I've got a mix of solo episodes and guests. I'm going to have a bit more guests because I've got too many that I want to interview, and it will take years if I don't step that up. Um, and I just want to kind of let it grow organically as well and um, see where it goes. So there may be times I'll do certain kind of topics in the spotlight, um, but also have a bit of variety. As long as it all comes back to that core message of, well, how can you get out your way um, and, and really kind of move things forward as well? Yeah, it, it just, it makes perfect sense to me uh, when, when, you, when you put it across that way. Um, and I think one of the key things for me, certainly when I decided to go down a similar route with the podcast was, just, just to get it out there and, and to let it grow organically and, you know, to see what happens. I think, again, you know, it's not just, you know, your six and a half year old or, or my 10 year old or even my 14 year old looking for likes and, and endorsement and what have you. I th it, it's about 
people finding this organically and being able to take something from it. And I think that's the beauty of podcasts is there's a lot of people that are traveling uh, up and down a country around the world um, on planes, trains, in the car. And it's just something that's accessible. You don't have to sit down with a physical book anymore. Yeah. Um, you, you can take so much from, from just one episode of a podcast. Definitely, definitely. And I think that's kind of where it's a real beauty of it. And and I also like the fact that it gives you that flexibility, you know, so there's no right um, right or wrong around it. And we, as the podcast creators, we get to choose the direction that we want to take it in and spice it up or change things. And that's kind of where I'm excited about going forward. So I'm not being too prescriptive with it. I'm just going to see what happens and just continuously listen and learn from, from those around me and the feedback I get in terms of what to do more of and sometimes what to do less of as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I, I wish you uh, more continued success with, you. with what you're doing with the podcast because it's brilliant. Thank you very much. Now, Osman, I've, I've shared some of my views with, with you on uh, work-life balance, and I very much see what I'm calling perfect imbalance as an alternative view to this. What's your thoughts on work-life balance? I love I love your view on it as well, and I've got a similar kind of take. I think sometimes we could put our put too much pressure on ourselves to find this elusive work life balance because you know typically from my experience, when you're focusing on something so much, then other parts of your life can you know be neglected to an extent, and that's not always a negative thing as long as you don't you know you don't spend too much time neglecting that thing. But if we try and get everything in balance all the time it might mean that we're not nurturing that particular area of our life as much as we want to, or we might need to at that point as well. So it's about choice is effectively the way that I like to think about it. If it's working for you, great, but make sure that you know what your your standards are and even your boundaries. Yeah, I, I'd echo your thoughts around choice there. And, and I suspected, albeit we didn't speak about it beforehand, that, that you would have... Uh, a slightly similar view in, in terms yeah. of, you know, when, when you're working on something, um, it is going to require some focus, some some energy, some time, and, and there's a likelihood then that it's going to have an impact on other areas. Now, I'm fascinated because this is the type of thing that I would do. You've just come back from two weeks on holiday where you had no no work stuff going on at all, no technology, no social media, no emails. Is that right? Absolutely. And for anybody that knows me, you'll think, seriously, how did you manage that? Because I'll, I'll be honest, you know, and I talk about that in the, the last podcast episode I did. I actually was addicted to my phone. OK, it would be with me all the time. I'd feel like I'd constantly have to be connected and giving the best value or service to my clients and my community and my friends and everything. Um, but I really got to that point where I just thought it was getting it was grating on me. It was becoming a bit of a, a chore in that sense as well and I was realizing how much time I was spending on my phone so a couple of weeks before the holiday I actually said to to my wife Shireen I said do you know something whilst we're away I think I'm going to go on a digital detox and she looked at me and she thought yeah okay it's man as if you're going to do that and I, I was really honest I thought it'll be hard but literally I'm going to turn everything off and Jeff it's been one of the best things that I've done and even since I've come back it's only been a couple of days but I've noticed even like you know uh, my relationship to how I connect on my phone or how much I'm on my phone has changed. So I've took that two weeks to break that bad habit. 
Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I read I read your post on, on your website and I'd seen a few things uh, on it about on social media and I yeah. thought, yeah, good. I'd, I'd love to understand a little, a little bit more in terms of how how you went about that. And, and clearly you have benefited enormously. Um, most people would choose not to and, and you probably saw lots of people when you're on holiday um, that had some type of device with them pretty much, you know, wherever they were uh, and often at meal times as well and and that that's that was become a big bug, bit of a bugbear for me in terms of you, you go out for dinner and you see families all of them just head down on a laptop or not yeah. laptop, on an ipad or a phone or have you and you just think that we're losing the art of connection and conversation um, definitely and it, it was scary and again it, it showed me a couple of things so first of all some things i'd see it and it made me kind of think how much was I in that trap as well where, you know, I was even in the house, I might be having dinner or out somewhere, but I still had my phone basically connected and glued to my hand. And when you see it in other people where, you know, there's a couple particularly that we saw quite a lot. And again, I might sound a bit judgmental here, but they were a young couple. And all I kept seeing them when they're having dinner was they were both on their phones and they were both on like Facebook where I can kind of see one of them. And I just thought, that's actually quite sad. And I took a complete detox in terms of, so I felt like I was in a bubble. So I had no news. There was no Facebook. There was no WhatsApp, no Messenger or nothing. And do you know the scary thing about it was, actually, if you think about the conversations that we even have with our loved ones, it can often be around, oh, did you see what's happened in the news or what's happened with so-and-so, et cetera. But because I didn't have that reference point, the great conversations that me and Shireen were having and the boys, it was like completely different because we didn't have all that to kind of distract us. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. And the impact on, on the boys as well, especially, yeah. um, will be huge because that, that that will almost become the norm now uh, yeah. and, and expected. What what happens next time Osman goes on holiday? So for family holidays, I'm committed that I'm absolutely going to do the same. Um, because again, it's, a, a, it's about what happens in our mindset. And if I think about it, over the last few family holidays that we've had as well, it's so easy to be connected these days, right? In terms of the hotels that you go to, they've got Wi-Fi, et cetera. And I used to think I'm not being distracted because I'm actually checking in my emails and that's helping me relax that everything's fine with business. But a lot of it was down to perception. Um, you know, what I do is not life or death uh, in our business and I actually being disconnected. And yes, I had systems in place. I had a, an assistant that was, you know, filtering kind of some emails as well. So it wasn't like I was giving bad service or I completely went off the radar. But just um, being completely disconnected gave me a completely different energy. I'm so much more relaxed. Um, time got distorted, Jeff. Like after one week of the holiday, it felt like I'd been off for a whole month. It was that that kind of profound for me. Um, and I came back and um, from the two weeks off, I had got new clients. I've got new things that got signed up. And it just showed me actually taking that time off isn't necessarily detrimental to your business it can actually be really proactive and, and positive for your business as well yeah you make you make some really good points and you know it, it's something that i've actively done you know on, on several occasions myself where you just you just have no social media for for a week or i, I think last year i took myself off it for a month and it, it, it's hugely energizing because yeah. you haven't first of all got the distraction um, and, and then secondly, you're not spending hours, you know, on, on your phone or, or your tablet yeah. looking at stuff. And, you know, it, the amount of time that we lose, that, that, that's the thing for me. I, I read a book at the start of the year by Adam Alter called Irresistible. 
Um, and, and he's gone so far in, in his kind of research where the comparison with, the, with technology and, and our addiction to technology has been likened to addiction to things like heroin, yeah. uh, which is hugely scary. But, but at the same time, it's at what point do we then make that conscious choice like you've done on holiday with your family, family time to completely switch off or does it become part of that holiday? In which case, you know, we, we lose some of that quality time yeah. with, with the important people in our lives. Definitely. And I think I, I love the fact that before I went, I was, I kind of flagged it to some of my coaching groups and my clients and just so that they knew, for example, I wasn't going to be ignoring them. Um, but the amount of them that came back and said, well, thank you for doing that, because actually that's going to help inspire me to do something similar as well. And I was like, actually, so that kind of drove me to go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be that leading learner for, for my clients to show that actually you, you don't have to be you know addicted to it. Don't get me wrong, Jeff. I love social media, right? It works really well. I love connecting with people and it's great for my business and, and life. But it is about having that balance. And that's kind of what wasn't working for me before and now it's just about readdressing that balance no you're right again and, and i'm completely in agreement with you um if if we could all spend a little less time on it and and as a result have different conversations or better conversations with the important people in our life then 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 we'd see a real impact uh, on on those most important people in yeah. our life and it doesn't have to be a two-week thing, what I kind of recognize. Somebody said to me yesterday, I couldn't do it for two weeks. And I was like, well, do it for a day. Do it for a weekend. Do it for an evening. Do you know what I mean? And we again, we've all got different personalities, so it works definitely for different people. But actually just making that choice, it, it creates that space for you to kind of experiencing some, experience something different as well. Like earlier this year, again, so it's kind of similar, and it kind of leaded, uh, led on to having this digital detox. I was doing a lot of traveling up and down the country, delivering training courses and working with clients. And it got to the point where even that was getting too much for me in terms of my values. I kind of was feeling like, oh, I'm not as excited with what I'm doing. I wasn't sp spending as much time with my family. So it's great on one hand from a business perspective, you know, but for the other part, I felt like this isn't, I'm not fulfilled in that way. So I put myself on a travel ban as well, Jeff, um, a couple months ago. And that was for four weeks that no matter what the opportunity was, no matter how lucrative or how fun it sounded, for that month, I was just saying, sorry, I'm not available. And by me doing that, making that decision, it completely again got me to appreciate when I went traveling again for work. I loved it a lot more and I wasn't as complacent with it and I wasn't kind of as jaded with it. And even during that time, that's when I was able to really focus on the project, um, project, which for me was the podcast launch as well. So sometimes it's just about drawing the line under the sand and making some of those decisions if things aren't working for you. Yeah, it's true. Especially as an entrepreneur, the temptation is always to say yes. Um, especially if, you know, what's being put in front of us appears to be very exciting yeah. um, and the best opportunity that's, that's come our way. Um, the temptation's always there. I kept having to tell people, don't tell me what it is, just tell me when you want it done first because I don't want to be tempted in that way. And there were, there were a couple of temptations and I was just like, nope, I, I don't want to go and deliver that workshop in Milan even though I'm sure it'd be really fun, but I'm not available, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'd have to do the same. 
Right, Osman, I have what I call some 60-second quick-fire questions for each of my guests towards the end of the show. And that's really just to give the listeners a, a slightly different uh, understanding and, and feel for each of the guests. So are you ready? I am. Bring it on. Good, good man. First question then. Social media platform of choice if you could only use one? Facebook. I, I had a feeling, I had a sixth sense you were going to say face. Okay, somebody that you admire and admit to following on social media? Marie Forleo. And it's okay, my wife absolutely knows that I've got a business crush on her as well as um, thinking that she's great for my business and her an insight point of view as well. <laughs> I love the way that you, uh, you got that bit in there that your wife is happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Choose three guests to have to dinner, past or present. Oh, um, it can't just be three. It has to be four. It would be my grandparents. Um, I never got to meet my mum's mum. Um, she passed away before I was born. And even when, even though I grew up with my my mother grandparents um, as I was younger, and then you know they've all since passed away, I've never really had what I'd call deep and meaningful conversations with them. And I'd love to kind of have that chance now to have conversations as especially being a parent now and getting to hear more about their background and how life was for them so it definitely would be my grandparents i don't think i had as much opportunities to to really get to know them as i'd love to have fantastic and and you're not you're not the first person on on the podcast to actually mention members of the family um i think that'd be fantastic because we we are we're going to lose that um, definitely and in some cases we have so yeah what a great idea what are you currently reading nothing (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'll tell you that i'm obviously i'm just back from holiday right and i'm normally i love reading work-related books but as part of the digital detox as well jeff i completely didn't read any work-related books at all um i only read fiction books so the the books that i've just finished coming back from holiday was have you heard one it's a kind of real fiction um it's a holiday read it was um eleanor oliphant is completely fine have you come across that no i've not So it was recommended by one of my friends on Facebook um, and it was just so refreshing to kind of um, read a a non-work related book for a while and um, I was sitting by the pool laughing away, it was set in Glasgow and and there's loads of great messages around that in terms of how we can socialise with different people and our experiences. So if you haven't read something um, in a while that you want to get a different perspective, I definitely recommend that. And then I read The President's Missing, Bill Clinton book, um, and also another one about um, crime and thrillers. So they've all finished, and I've not s- started so far in, in any new books. So, but I've got a whole pile here that I'm going to be diving into. Yeah, I didn't think it would take long now. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, I know you're a podcast listener, but what podcast do you regularly listen to? So the regular ones I listen to is, um, you know, I love Amy Porterfield's um, online marketing made easy, the Tim Ferriss show, obviously your podcast. I've got to dive into some of the latest episodes that I um, haven't listened to because, again, I went on a podcast detox as well <laughs> during the last two weeks. Um, so, yeah, you can imagine how, how refreshed I feel not having anything even in my ears or consuming anything. Um, so there's many, there's times where I dip in and out of different kind of podcasts depending on what I'm working on or, or how I'm feeling as well. But those are, are my main ones at the moment. Brilliant. A guilty pleasure, should you choose to view it as guilty, um, which you do when you have some time to yourself? Um, one of my most favourite things to do is sit and watch back-to-back um, Harry Potter movies. <laughs> I'm a big Harry Potter fan. <laughs> um, and that, for me, would be just an absolutely blissful day where 
the boys are away, Shireen's away doing something else, and I just get to literally sit with a blanket in the sofa and watch all eight movies. I never had you down as a Harry Potter fan. I am a massive Harry Potter fan, seriously, and um, yeah, it, it's cool. I'm, I'm quite comfortable with that. I think it's pretty pretty cool one to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, what item do you take with you on a long journey? A book, magazine, podcast, music, journal? Um, I notepads typically um, and a pen or paper because that's kind of where I typically have lots of ideas and um, I scribble a lot. I went through many different kind of versions, you know, iPads and different kind of, you know, electronic type of ways to take notes. But for me, nothing beats a, a pen and paper. No, it doesn't. I think it was Kirsty Mack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kirsty, I love Kirsty. Yeah, in her episode that said, you meet yourself on the paper. Ooh, I love uh, that. Or words to that effect. Um, yeah. and, and it really got me. Uh, because, yeah, like you, I've tried all sorts of digital notepads, but I have recently gone back to um, a, a, a traditional notebook. Yeah. Uh, and, and the fountain pen has come out again. Cause yeah, I, I love that. Beat, uh, I don't think you can beat that. One thing you wish you'd invented? Ooh, toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's what came out of my mind. <laughs> Okay. Well, uh, every, everybody uses it. Everybody appreciates it, but it's something that we don't really think about. But the person that came up with toilet paper has done the world um, a, a great service, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, I like it. Very practical. <laughs> um, something that means something to you? Um, butterflies. Ah, okay. It's um it's interesting. So I was it's um a couple of years ago. So my my wife one of her she loves butterflies. So it's kind of special in that sense. Um, but for me, whenever I kind of see butterflies, even in the most randomest of times or time of year, so a time where you wouldn't expect to see a butterfly, um, that kind of is always a little bit of a message for me in terms of mm, good things are happening. Do you know what I mean? And um, a little bit of a symbol and a sign for me. So I love the fact that this morning I was looking outside my window here and I saw um, a white butterfly and um, I saw one yesterday as well. So it always just gives me that little bit of a, yeah, cool. The the universe is, is working for you, man. Wow. Okay, this is spooky. So one of my other guests that I've interviewed for um, the second series of the podcast uh, is a lady called Emma Lanigan and her business is called Be Life Happy. And she has a story around butterflies, similar to what you just shared there as well. Oh, small world. <laughs> the, the world is working yeah. as, as it should be. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Osman. I have three final questions uh, to, to put to you. Um, who would you like to see uh, well here as a future guest on the Perfect Imbalance podcast? Ooh, um, Mel Robbins from The Five Second Rule. Um, I'm really liking her work. I listened to her last, um, her, her audiobook, The Five Second Rule, and also her last um, Amazon, no, sorry, the, the Audible um, book that she had as well, um, which was great. And the reason why, the reason why is I'll, be, I'll give you a bit more around that. So I've heard loads of people talk about The Five Second Rule and her famous TED Talk. And I listened to, I watched the TED Talks and and the, the whole principle of it is so simple. It's like whenever you have an idea or a thought to take action, just let you go five, four, three, two, one, and do it. Otherwise, we can get in our own way at times. And I remember, yeah. think, and I remember thinking, but that's so simple. It's so obvious. How's this lady got a whole massive following in a business around something that is, is that simple? And then people were reading her book, and I thought, but surely 
how much do you need hundreds of pages for example to kind of explain something that i've just said to you and but, but i'm kind of the type of person if i hear something more than once i think okay there's something in this i need to to listen or read so i listened to her book and i really loved all the examples and um, it just kind of it cemented that in my mind and i love the fact that the biggest thing i took from it is the most profound things can be simple like a five second rule so sometimes when we've got our own business we can try and overcomplicate things but actually simplicity is key yeah i love it i love it thank yeah. you for that no i do i'm, I'm thinking now uh, you've got me thinking which is good uh, what projects are you currently working on and how can the listeners find out more about these or generally what you're doing um, so still working on obviously getting the podcast out there more so definitely I'd, uh, encourage anybody who is interested to hear more about getting out your way to pop over so you can find it in all normal podcast places it's even went on spotify as well today um so you can find it on get just typing in get out your way and everything else is over at rapidtransformation.co.uk um especially we'd love everybody to, to see you know what is their superpower and um also I talked about before the design, the mindset, and the strategies, Jeff. I've got a really simple free quiz over there where you can literally answer a few questions and it can quickly tell you, you know, do you need to spend a bit more time focusing on your design or your mindset or your strategies and do they need fine tuned or overhauled? So definitely would invite anybody over there to, to check that out. Excellent. I will include those different links uh, in the show notes. Osman, one final takeaway for the listeners. It's, I'll sound like a broken record here, but it is a really just honor your own self and your superpower. Do you know what I mean, just, you know, we work, we live in a world of comparisonitis, I think, a lot. And it, it's hard to not compare yourself and your journey to other people. But really, if you just get so selfish and you think about it as your decisions, you get to make the choice. And actually, you've got your own unique sense, you know, special sauce and your own superpower. So actually understand it discover it and then truly embrace it osman it's been an absolute pleasure spending a little bit of time with you and getting insight into what's going on in your world and and also how people can can take some of those things away and apply them straight away into their life and, and see some changes so thank you very much indeed for agreeing to take some time out it's been an absolute pleasure Thank you. The pleasure has been all mine. It's been great connecting with you, Jeff, again. And I, I love what you're doing with your podcast and definitely need to get you over onto my podcast as well soon. Thank you very much indeed. A big thank you to Osman. You can find out more about him and what he's up to by checking out the details in the show notes, which will include details for his website, social media, and also the Get Out Your Way podcast. So take a look. Now, if you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, leave the show rating and also a review. All of those things will help the podcast to reach more people and allow others to consider alternatives to striving for a work-life balance. Next week, I interview Fergus Connolly, the man behind Game Changer. Until then, thank you for listening to Perfect Imbalance. Remember this, when you have a balance, enjoy it. When you've got an imbalance, embrace it. For in those moments, you're striving towards achieving your next success, increasing your happiness, or looking for greater fulfillment. Bye for now.